Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sounds like video game music. Like it's... 8-bit uh, video game music. What is this, AJ? Current and recurrent. Morning show bed. <laughs> this is Troy's handiwork. Speaking of Troy, I got to bring this up. By the way, welcome back to Wildcat Insider. Mitch Fortner, the voice of the Cats, Wyatt Thompson, AJ on the board, and uh, Troy is over there training as well. I uh, got to give a shout-out to Kenny Lanou and uh, Ryan Lackey. So I'm just like standing second row there at the, in the press area, just kind of, just kind of hanging, not, just kind of passing the time, not doing anything. I know where you're going here, so I'm going to let you do this. Go and Wacky uh, comes storming over. He's like, "Hey, hey, check this out!" And he points down at Troy's name tag, where he's, you know, where he's uh, positioned to sit, and he's not there yet. And I looked down, and they had sharpied out Troy's name. And it just said it, the Troy was X'd out yep. and, it, and Coverdale was left, you know, intact. So they had to 86 the Troy before the game. And he came up. A lot of us were hanging out at that point, just kind of hanging around the area just to get Troy's. We had to see Troy's reaction. I got to be honest. It wasn't the best reaction. We were hoping for, oh, God, you know, just freaking out and <laughs> taking away my name. And no, nothing. You know, just kind of whatevered it. And I think they it's just still decided, funny. There's no Troy here today. Team or or that guy, uh, the Fighting Coverdales lost to K State on Saturday, forty two thirteen. Before we continue on, we got Gene Taylor by the way coming up here uh, about fifteen minutes from now. Uh, so I, I see now here the the Royals had a rainout today, so tomorrow's doubleheader. So it's throwing my plans off for tomorrow a little bit. Uh, but I did want to announce a special guest for uh, at some point this week. We'll have him on now. Uh, but uh, I, I really – and I had this – this is a year in the making. I noticed last year that tomorrow will be the 25th anniversary of Martin Gramatica kicking a 65-yard field goal. So I'm having Martin Gramatica on the show. You'll love it. To talk about that. Have you ever talked to him? Nope. Really nice Never man. met him. Yeah. And I, I don't want to profess that I know him really well. But the little bit that I've I've talked to him, he I think you'll really enjoy it, and he'll have some good stories for you. Um, boy, was he something! Is there anything specific I should ask him about other than the sixty-five yarder? I was there for that game, and it, I mean it was hottest day ever, mm-hmm. close to it, and uh, you know like a 
like a hot day at a ballpark, the the, the ball's going to carry, right? So I don't know if that went into consideration for uh, the 65-yarder. but You know what you should ask him? This is from a radio guy here. Ask him if he remembers the radio call okay. of the field goal. I don't know whether he will or he won't. I know there's video of it out there somewhere, and I believe uh, is Greg Sharp. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. That is his name. He's at uh, Nebraska now. Um, I think the radio call was on that because it was not a televised game. Probably not. But I was there. I, it was right before the half. It was like sixty to nothing or something like that. <laughs> sixty to seven. It was a. It was just a butt kicking at the bill that day. Well, in those days, you know, kicking at sixty-five yards, probably a little different than today, don't you think? I mean, just in that time, it just seems like we have more sixty to sixty-four, sixty-five yard kicks that are made now. It was pretty rare back when he did it. Well, and how often anymore do you see guys kicking without a tee or whatever? Sure. You know? And I think that's what, – what, was that what, what made it significant that he kicked it without a tee or, like, something to place the ball on or whatever? Well – I don't know how all that works these days. I don't know anything about kicking field goals. Yeah, I, I don't remember the year they – you know, but I know his, his was off the turf. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. 98. Yep. Mm-hmm. September 12th, 98. It'll be 25 years ago tomorrow. Wow. So, But now the Royals are, I guess, having a doubleheader tomorrow, so maybe we have to save it for Wednesday. But uh, <laughs> nonetheless, we're going to have Martin Garanica on the show. So I'm, And I was such a fan of his because he – I think, actually, I knew about the leg, of course, but the celebrations, which is always off the charts. Very soccer, making a go- you know, scoring a goal type of celebrations all the time. Him and his brother. Mm-hmm. We're the same way. Oh, yeah. So we'll definitely uh, hear all about it coming up uh, later this week here on the show. Uh, Want to squeeze this, squeeze this in as well. Uh, K-State men's basketball with their non-con schedule officially being announced. Uh, feels like it was delayed quite a ways, but we, we finally got it. But I think most of the schedule we knew already was just kind of filling in some of the spots for like the bye games or whatever, you know in the non-con, so let's just run right through it. Uh, there's going to be one exhibition this year that's going to be against Emporia State, so I guess you can say the season officially kicks off November 1st. Bramlage Coliseum, the Doom returns for a game against Emporia State, and then you have the official regular season opener, November 6th, USC Hall of Fame Series in Las Vegas, which Bronny James I don't think is going to play. I don't know the whole status of his situation, but... But he, you know, he had that spill back during the summer, hospitalized, very serious thing. Oh, yeah. I haven't heard an update in quite a while on him, but I don't, I don't, I don't know what the status is. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure either. But um, we know he's doing well now. Um, I think initially they thought there was probably no chance that he would play this next this this year, but I think that has changed significantly. I think they've, you know, seen and discovered the issue there. And I'll be honest, I wouldn't be that surprised if he didn't get in. I don't know that, but we'll see. Well, I know, I, you know, the, the game being on. to start the regular season, yeah, huh, in the, Vegas? Yeah, and the game being on, I think it's ESPN. I mean, I'm sure they're, the whole thing of having that game was banking on Bronny James playing. I thought Casey <laughs> was very fortunate to have that game to kick off this season. Uh, and then you have back-to-back non-con uh, games at home against Bellarmine. I'm saying that right, yes. Bellarmine, mm-hmm. and South Dakota State, the 10th and the 13th of November, and then heading to the Bahamas, 
And White, I'm sure you're looking forward to this. Are, nope. are you, you're not going to be going, are you? No. It's going to be Smoller. Yeah, probably. it'll be Brian, uh, and I think Ben Boyle will actually do the broadcast. Uh, and the reason is, is this is a Friday-Sunday event the weekend before Thanksgiving, and we've got the KU game on that Saturday. So we're going to do a basketball game against Providence on a Friday, KU-K-State football game in Lawrence on Saturday, and then that Sunday game at, well, either – 11.30 a.m. or 1.30-ish um, uh, for the second game before they come back. Well, here's my thought uh, about that trip to the Bahamas. Uh, Brian Smoller's listening. This is a good time because I just the thought, you know, why it can't go. Uh, you know, Brian, you, you may have something come up or have a game, you know, that you'll have to do, stay home. Um, you know, James Wessling is now doing all these games all over the country for ESPN Plus for college football. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to be available. For this trip, I'll, I'll make sure I okay. have my passport and ready to go. And uh, if you need somebody to go to the Bahamas, I am I'm down. But be careful going to your car tonight when you leave. Smaller <laughs> yeah. may be out there ready to run you over. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you said it, Providence, and then the winner of that game plays the winner of Georgia and Miami, and then the loser. That'll be a fun tournament. Other. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. very interesting. I'm running to Nigel Pack for sure, uh, potentially on the 19th of November. Back at home uh, for four straight. November 22nd, 28th, you have Central Arkansas and Oral Roberts. North Alabama visits December 2nd. This will be a big one. The Big 12 Big East battle. We knew about it already, but December 5th, Villanova. Another Wildcat. Comes into town. It's like the first time in 60 years. And they will be good. You they think so? pretty much reloaded in the offseason. Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We have an away game officially. Away. Baton Rouge, Louisiana against LSU. Nebraska comes to Manhattan on December 17th, and I'm always looking forward to the Kansas City game. Wichita State will be the out opponent. I think that's going to be a really uh, – K-State's played in Kansas City many times, but when it's the neutral site or you know technically a K-State home game, I think that'll be the best of the environments we've had so far in the Kansas City games. Yeah, I think that's going to be a lot be of a fun. should be a lot of fun, and we've had good crowds there. If you remember, um, Coach Tang was really surprised at the – turnout last year for the game at T-Mobile loved it and hopefully we'll have uh hey let's sell it out why not yeah absolutely I mean I think it feels like they've been close sure a few times but uh and then finally and I've noticed the Kansas City crowds there's a decent amount of them that don't typically go to the K-State home game so right. like when I do the 4-3 mm-hmm. they're not you know always aware of it happening i've noticed that it always gets louder as the game goes on because people are catching on and then the final non-con game we do have one in january against chicago state so there's your non-con for k-state basketball in in 23 and 24 i think a pretty representative schedule actually when you think about uh, the potential of of playing uh who they are going to get um you know in that Bahamar tournament in the Bahamas, the fact that you're going to play Villanova. Um, you know, who knows? I know Wichita State's had a lot of change, but um, you would think that, uh, you know, some of those SC will be really, really talented right out of the gate. So, got a sense that Providence will be pretty good, and either Georgia or Miami will be a test, too. So, well, and of course, you know, Drum Tang has said this before. They want to schedule some non-con games in areas that they recruit in. LSU is obviously, they love recruiting in Louisiana. No doubt. So that's a big opportunity for them, not just to play a game. So that's pretty big. And and then you have, 
marquee games at home. And I think that's very important to have non-conference games that are going to be really exciting for the home fan base. And I know, you know, Coach Tang has said it maybe more than anybody else that he wants sold out games, not just for big opponents or conference games. He wants the fans to show up every single game. He wants to have the most sellouts in a season ever. And hopefully when Gene comes on in a little bit, maybe give us a little bit of an idea where ticket sales are. But I do love Villanova coming to town. Everybody recognizes them as a strong basketball brand. And then a rivalry with Nebraska being renewed in Bramlage for the first time since 2011. So it's been 13 years. Yeah. Well, I I think it's it's a fun goal because there was so much excitement last year. And that builds into this season. And I think people now recognize that they're going to be entertained when they come to Bramlage Coliseum, right? Um, they're going <laughs> to—it's going to be a different team than last year in some ways, but I think it's a really talented team that you're going to enjoy watching uh, over the course of of the long season. But of course, K-State football in Week Three on the road for the first time this year. They're heading to Faroe Field for the first time since 2011, and to face the uh, old Big 12 rival Missouri Tigers. Both teams are 2-0. Kickoff at 11 a.m. Power K game day here on Cayman begins at 7 in the morning. Let's take our next break. Uh, Still to come, we're going to have a preview of the Missouri Tigers looking at the Big 12 in Week 3. We'll have our first official Big 12 game of the year uh, this upcoming weekend. But coming up next, we'll be joined by K-State Athletics Director Gene Taylor here on Wildcat Insider. You're listening to Wildcat Insider. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one, with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash special offer all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Boy, just to get me going on a, on a Monday evening, country music coming back in the show. Why, I know you love country music, but... You're not a it? fan? Was Climbing telling you on, on Wednesday that... Or who was it? Is, is Climbing a big country guy? I think a little bit, yeah. Can't remember. Oh, no, it's Drone he, Tang. Drone Tang said on uh, on Hang With Tang that he says country music is very underrated. That was the first time I disagreed with Coach Tang. <laughs> that was the first. Oh, you're funny. <laughs> All right, we're back on Wildcat Insider, Mitch Fortner and Wyatt Thompson. Now pleased to be joined by KSAT Athletics Director Gene Taylor. Gene, great to have you back on the show. I, I tell you what, and I said this a couple of weeks ago on the show, the excitement of K-State Athletics on how positive everything is right now might be the best I've experienced as a K-State fan, lifelong fan for a long time. How is it as an AD seeing all this positive attention for K-State? Well, it's great to be back on. Thanks. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, the time of year. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, to be honest with you. Uh, just a lot of energy, not only in in the football stadium the last two weeks, but obviously with the new volleyball arena, 
you know, a lot of excitement's going on. Just, uh, you know, season ticket sales for basketball for both men and women are at an all-time high, and, you know, they just started practicing. So there is. There's a lot of energy, a lot of excitement. It's a, you know, it's a fun time, uh, fun time of year right now. Gene, did the response from the fan base for those first couple of volleyball matches at Morgan Family Arena even surprise you? It, it, it just seemed electric, really. No, it really didn't. It was electric. Uh, we we knew there'd be a lot of excitement just because of the new facility, and you know clearly this is the second match of the weekend against uh, against Nebraska. We knew it was going to draw a lot of interest, and and then just a lot of people have been talking about seeing the facility. So um, and no, it was it was inter- energetic. I, I think with the sound system and the light show, and there's so many things we can do to help you know keep that energy pumped up or fan experience staff do a great job of putting that all together so um you know our video and production group really do a nice job of putting some things together for the video board so yeah the, the energy is is driven by the play on the court but it certainly helps to have some of the technology that we have in there well i haven't made it out to the new morgan family arena yet for an actual game i'm going to try to do that this weekend or uh, next weekend when uh, the cats play four straight here at home um, but it's not just excitement in Manhattan, Kansas. It's all around the Big 12. And, you know, the Big 12 obviously making headlines over the summer with conference realignment, adding the four corner schools, Colorado, and then Arizona, Arizona State, Utah. It happens so quickly when the rumors start flying out there. Gene, I was wondering if you would a- are able to take us kind of behind the scenes. And w- when this kind of thing is taking place, like what is expected of you when it comes to representing K-State and getting conference realignment done? Well, you know, as ADs and, and presidents, really, we we just kind of our role is is to provide our, our, our feedback and input to the commissioner in terms of you know, kind of from priority perspective what we think we need as a conference. And you know, obviously, as 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 things began to shake up a little bit, or or there was you know a lot of conversations about what the Pac-12 was going to do with their TV deal. You know, we we had shared with Brett, both the presidents and the ads, kind of what our priorities were in, in terms of the schools that we were hoping to get. Um, and, and and certainly, you know, there's a lot of things flying around. There was, you know, the Connecticut conversation in, in basketball. At one point, there was Gonzaga, and you know, and those things, you know, clearly were things that were were out there. You know, Brett even talked about them as a, as a possibility. But as as things began to unfold, you know, then then you know he was in communication primarily with with Colorado as the first option because I think Colorado had shown the most interest, and so he came to us and presented that to us, and of course, you know, we said, yeah, that's the one of the schools that we would you know like to consider, um, and then ultimately the presidents vote on it, and then when the the, the Colorado the uh, Oregon Washington thing started to unfold in terms of rumors about them going to the Big Ten, <clears throat> then we got back on the phone and, you know, really wanted him to focus on the four corner schools, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, um, as the next next group to, to consider. Of course, there had to be interest from them. Arizona was the school that was showing the most interest. Um, and and then, you know, we, we, we made a move and apparently, uh, not apparently, we talked to Arizona and we voted them in. And, and then the next day, they, they kind of decided they weren't going to leave the Pac-12. And then all of a sudden, Oregon and Washington did confirm they were going to the Big Ten, and that came back open. So it's really, for us as ADs and presidents, ultimately the presidents have the final vote. It's just kind of what we think are the best fits for us from a priority perspective. And 
and we were fortunate to get the schools that we were focused on. Well, Gene, it was during the Ask the AD video you did with Brian Smoller that the uh, the new Nike deal was announced. And I, you know, just personally speaking from just my point of view, is I'm, I'm very jacked about that. I'm a big Nike guy in case it's been a Nike school for a long time. But, you know, there, speaking of rumors, there are rumors that maybe Under Armour would be the next step and, uh, and it, it's being heavily considered. But at the end of the day, what was the biggest considerations for you with sticking with Nike? Did it come down to just the fans wanting Nike more? Well, I think it's not just a fan's perspective. Obviously, that's that's always you know something that you know we obviously consider the retail side of things is just part of the conversation, um, and, and then it's really what the coaches want. Um, some coaches had stronger opinions than others. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you kind of got to go back to what your, your first question was was about the excitement. You know, there's a lot of energy right now, and and moving away from Nike was that the best thing to keep this energy going um obviously like you said we've had a long relationship with Nike and um so we we evaluated everything and at the end of the day we decided it was best to to stay with our current partner and 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 see what you know we we've, we've obviously told them we're going to extend with them we haven't really worked out the details of what that looks like is it you know how many years it is or whatever but we'll get all that worked out and come out with that um, you know, probably next week, you know, you got to look at contracts and read through them, and it'll be a while before um, we have everything finalized. This may be a little bit of a different question, I suppose, but with the first football conference game coming up this weekend with TCU at Houston, I'm just curious as to what your sense is from the conference side of things. You know, what work is being done now as we look ahead to next season? Because it wasn't that long ago you were putting together like a two-year schedule stretch for the Big 12, and that didn't last very long. Yeah, no. well, you're exactly right. It, it, uh, we had a little longer runaway <laughs> for for the four schools yeah. that we just took in to, to play with that schedule, and I'm <laughs> I'm on the scheduling committee. Uh, do we have various folks on both, you know, Jill's on the basketball scheduling committee, as Casey Scott is, and, you know, so... But we've had a lot of longer runway to kind of look at some samples. We don't have that runway now, so we're into it pretty heavy. We're meeting uh, via Zoom or phone calls about once every couple of weeks. Uh, we just had a meeting last week. You know, we talked nine games versus eight games versus, you know, we're, we're not certainly not considering divisional play. Um, we're just looking at a lot of scenarios. What what are protected games or protected rivalry games? Um, the more protected games you have, the less the less flexibility you have to rotate teams through over the you know three or four year period. So we're really looking at all of that, and then and then we're probably going to propose not publicly but within the committee. Okay, if we do this, this is kind of what it looks like. If we do that, this is what it looks like. But we need to. We're probably in a position where we need to have some pretty solid, uh, you know, solid plans and directions from a football perspective by October. Well, you mentioned the word runway there. That that kind of clicked with both of us here. So uh, <laughs> what are you hearing uh, from MHK, the airport uh, folks, and are we getting closer and closer uh, to having that uh, finished up? Well, we had a couple of staff members go out last week and visit with uh, the airport authority, and I think the, uh, the main general contractor of the airport runway you know, they felt pretty good that they're getting closer. Um, you know, we, we talked specifically about 
you know, could we fly a, a charter flight uh, that we fly on the teams, the bigger planes, out of there sooner? And and they weren't sure. Um, they were hoping that that could be the case. The, the the challenge was even if it was ready from a FAA standpoint, United to be able to change their flight plan would take a little bit longer. And so, sure enough, we're still flying out of out of Topeka uh, this Friday. And, you know, the the word on the street is the 25th of September is kind of the kind of the date now that they're looking at. But, um, you know, we're, we're just making alternate plans. You know, we, we haven't yet. We've kind of given a heads up to, to Central Florida as to where they needed to start looking to fly into Topeka as well. So um, I think hopefully after that we can we can be back to normal operations. But I don't understand the the you know, the commercial flight process is a little different. So I'm not sure when they'll be open for a commercial flight. You know, speaking of Central Florida, it was announced that a week from uh, Saturday will be a seven o'clock kickoff. And um, I, I was speaking to their play-by-play guy before the season started, and he told me off air that. UCF fans are like extremely jacked for a road trip to Manhattan to begin the they're having their first official Big 12 game. Do you have any specifics if if you know if UCF is going to travel well for that game? You know, I don't. I haven't uh, visited with their AD uh, you know about that. I know you know he's actually he's he, I know he's jacked cuz he played uh, at Kansas, University of Kansas, <laughs> and I think he's sure. from Kansas. So, yeah. you know, I know he's jacked about coming to Manhattan, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm guessing that they'll, you know, they've got a lot of flan. As a matter of fact, I think Jill's a alum of Central Florida. So, oh. and, and uh, by the way, I'm understanding that they don't like Central Florida. They That's like right. UCF. Yeah. So yes, better, correct. Yeah, I better quit saying that. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I haven't heard anything from a fan perspective uh, from a ticket ticket allocation. Speaking with Gene Taylor here on uh, on Wildcat Inside, I got a couple more for you. Um, it was about a month ago we heard that everything had been finalized with Drum Tang's contract extension. Do you know when you, you plan to have that all officially announced? No, we don't. Uh, still kind of working through some details. It's really not, again, nothing about the, the financial arrangement or the number of years. There's there's some some other things that we're trying to work with his attorneys and agents to make it a little bit better for him, and they're just kind of looking at the options of which we presented. So. Um, you know, we'll get it announced once we get everything finalized, but it's it's just taking a little bit longer than we thought. Well, can you tell us is the motorized couch was that in the was that in the new contract <laughs> for Hang with Tang? Hang with Tang. I don't know. I don't think we put it in the contract. Maybe we have to make an addendum for that one. That is that was you saw it, didn't you? I did. I that did that was unbelievable. I, yeah. I still can't believe it. Yeah, the engineering dean uh, was telling me about <laughs> when he was asking the students, are you sure we're good with this? They go, yeah, we, we think it's going to work. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Well, my, my last question is just you mentioned earlier about ticket sales being at a record high for football and men's basketball. It's, again, specifics type of thing. For men's basketball, what does that mean for a historic high? Do you have numbers on that? I don't have numbers on that. I, I do get a report that kind of compares the last couple of years, and it's certainly the highest over, probably since 2019. I think as far as as far back as we go, maybe. Um, and it's you know it's it's a it's a number that I haven't seen in quite some time. You know, we're not completely sold out of season tickets, but it's it's heading that direction. And then the same for women too. I mean, the women's have some pretty big numbers as well. That's exciting. So. Uh, again, just back to the original comment, it's just there's a lot of energy and excitement right now. It's, it's really fun to fun to see it. I know going back to media day, Jans, Jason Mansfield, the new volleyball coach, was 
super excited to tell us during media day that that the uh, season ticket sales were crazy high, and uh, and I'm glad to hear that it's for just about every sport that ticket sales are, are seems like across the board through the roof. Yeah, it certainly makes our chief financial officer a little bit more comfortable. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Those kind of numbers. <laughs> well, I, I guess to wrap up here, Gene, um, I, I also heard during that interview with with Smoller, you talked about the garage door at the Bill and the roof of Bramlage. If you ever need ideas, come to come to me because I I got plenty of ideas. If you ever decide to do anything like maybe put here comes the here come the cats on the garage door, I I've always been a fan of putting doom. On top of Bramlage, it's already an octagon, right on the roof. Yeah, yeah. It, it's already outlined, right? You just put the doom on there, and uh, you're all set. But I'll leave you with that, Gene. I really appreciate your time, and hopefully, we'll be talking to you soon. Yeah, look, look forward to talking to you. Thanks, fellas. Appreciate it. Thanks, bud. Appreciate it. That's KC Athletics Director Gene Taylor here on Wildcat Insider. Let's take a break, and when we come back, let's get to our preview for Week Three of the Football Cats, the Mizzou Tigers. Away K-State's arrival in Columbia, Missouri. We'll preview Mizzou when we come back on Wildcat Insider. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is Wildcat Insider. Mitch Fortner, Wyatt Thompson, and the birthday boy AJ Shaw running the board. Yes, he was born 9 11, 2001. We learned that uh, earlier today. The phone number is 537 1350. Wyatt, let's now get into uh, this Saturday. Kicking off at 11 a.m. from Faro Field at Memorial Stadium, Columbia, Missouri. First time the Cats will play there in 12 years. Uh, check that, 13 years. 2010 was the last time. Cats haven't won there since old Darren Sproles at three touchdowns in 2004. Comeback win there. Uh, K-State will face the Missouri Tigers and face off once again with, I think it's the coach I like the least <laughs> in college football. And Eli Drinkwitz. Really? I like him enough to know that K-State has a great chance of winning this game. I don't like him as a coach. I do not like how he mocked Avery Johnson after they got a recruit that Avery was recruiting on social media to come to K-State after Avery had committed. Um, That was a gigantic red flag for me. I also don't think he's a great Power 5 coach. I don't. And... um, I think I've seen enough this season already with Mizzou. Beating South Dakota, and that's fine, but just barely, you know, sneaking out at home in a win against Middle Tennessee, who, you know, I don't know how good they are, but I wouldn't imagine they're great. Sneaking away with that victory, 
watching both sides of the football. I'm not encouraged about their offense. Their defense hasn't been too bad. You know, they've been pretty solid against the run so far. But I do not think that Mizzou has the talent to beat K-State. And I, that's the simple way of putting it. I'm not impressed with Elijah Drinkwitz in his, in his coaching. Well, here's what I would, I would say. Uh, I don't know so much about that. I mean, I, I don't necessarily. I think he's recruited but, well. Or I think he's definitely done that. I just don't. Yeah. You know, I just, you know, watching the game against Middle Tennessee, and I, I think they play a little bit scared sometimes. They play more, you know, let's play, maybe not to lose is the right way of putting it, but like that punt, like, I think Chris Kleiman, let's put it this way, has the cojones to get out there and make the play to go win the game. Putting on fourth and one in enemy territory and you're up a score and you're okay with giving them the ball back on a fourth and one and punting it, I you know, I I think risk is more rewarded in this level than being playing scared. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Or playing for field position, which the difference at the end of the day I think was twenty twenty yards or something like that on that possession. Well, I will say that they're a very interesting team, and I don't know that we know what they are exactly just yet through two games. Is that even though they've got a lot of guys back from last year? If you think about last year, they were six and seven, which is okay. Went to a bowl but lost. I think they're better this year, but I don't know that yet for sure. Common sense would say they should be better. You've got another year for Brady Cook. You know, they've got veteran running backs. They've got a pretty veteran team in a lot of ways. And yet, as you said, they struggled against Middle Tennessee State uh, the other night to just get any real super consistent thing, anything consistent going. I mean, they found a way to win the game. You give them that. But they did struggle. And I think that surprised some people. I wonder if, and this is just you know me, but were they peeking around the corner just a little bit at the cats and maybe not having their total focus on, you know, Middle Tennessee State? I, I, I guess we'll find out. Well, and I think they feel like they're pretty good. I guess is what I, what I'll say. Well, and I think you know defensively, I'm sure they feel a little bit better than they do offensively. Again, their pass defense hasn't been great. Their the rush defense has been you know almost just as good as K State's. Sure. Although K State's uh, the, the opponents they've played have been tougher uh, than Missouri's. But I mean Brady Cook, he's been taking care of the football, and that and that's fine. He's throwing for three touchdowns, but he's, they're not throwing for a ton of yards. Not a whole lot of big plays. Mm-hmm. You know, in running the football, you know it's it feels like they're they're average at running the football. Cody Schrader has, I think that's how you say his last name, Schrader. Yep, uh, has so much experience. As a matter of fact, he just passed four thousand yards in his career. But I think he's an all right athlete. I think Nathaniel Pete, who now K State's going to see for the third time, previously at Stanford, now second year at Missouri, he's a Columbia kid, right? He's an okay running back. K-State had no problem shutting him down last year. I think it all comes down to how big of a day does Luther Burden have? I think he is clearly their best athlete on the offensive side of the football. And K-State, I mean, zoned in on him last year, had a day where he did not contribute whatsoever. I think he 
I don't have the numbers in front of me. I should have brought him in with me, but I think he had three yards. Let yeah. me, let me. I, I could probably find it real quick. I can look too. But I'm, I, I'm pretty sure he only had one catch in the game. One catch. That's all they could get from their best player. At this level, if you only have one strong, true athlete on the team, you're. You're gonna, you're, it's going to be hard to win games, especially against a team like K-State. I don't think Mizzou is ready for K-State. Well, you bring up a lot of interesting points. Uh, I, I will say this, though. If you can't tell, I don't believe in Missouri in this game. Yeah. I, even though K-State's on the road, it's going to be a sold-out environment. You yeah. know, and, that, and that may play a factor. I don't think K-State wins 40-12, to 12, but I think K-State will certainly go in and win. Yeah, I was looking at the numbers. Let's see. It may be a shame on me for not taking... Yeah, Burton had one catch for three yards. There you go. That, that's that's wild. I mean, to me, that was the most surprising stat. I mean, it wasn't the four interceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Deuce Vaughn had himself a nice day. You know, Adrian Martinez. They didn't really have to throw the football. It was n- not the best environment for throwing the football. They had enough going on the ground game. Even though Case it was one-dimensional, it wasn't Mizzou that made them one-dimensional. It was just K-State and what they knew they could do and didn't have to do anything too crazy. One thing I will say, though, I do think this Mizzou defense has potential. I really, truly do. I, th- I think they're solid up front. If not, they're not dominant, but I think they're solid. They've got some guys, though, in that secondary that can cover. Um, Abrams Drain, a corner, has been there. Ennis Rakestraw, those guys have been there and played a lot of football. How will that matchup go? At the end of the day, though, I mean, let's just let's just cut to the chase. Pretty much all games are won at the line of scrimmage and with quarterback play. And I, I guess I would say I like K State's chances based on that. Um, what you have to factor into is being on the road for the first time. Was Missouri maybe peeking around the corner and not totally on edge against Middle Tennessee? All of those things are variables that, you know, we probably aren't going to know until until we get to Saturday. Well, and I'll give Mizzou this as well. You know, offensively, if there was one thing, you know, I, I did notice that was a positive of theirs that seemed to be a little bit more consistent was they, they did a good job of moving the chains on third down. Mm-hmm. And they've done a good job through the first two games of moving the chains and keeping drives alive, even though they don't have the biggest plays and – and the offense still lacks consistency, but I mean, I saw after this win, this four-point win over Middle Tennessee State, that now the fans are starting to think, okay, maybe this Eli guy is not the right guy. Maybe this is not as good as we thought it could be. Drink was was saying a lot of nice things about his program in the in the preseason, which and you would expect that he's the head coach, he believes in his team, sure. But it was like, you know, we're going to be back. We're going to be better. We're going to compete for conference championships. We're going to be much more improved. And now the fan base is saying, seen like a pretty pedestrian performance against South Dakota. And then they barely squeak by against Middle Tennessee. I mean, the fans are starting to be like, do we start looking for a new coach now? And this is right after he got the contract extension. And he's going to be making, I think, like $6 million a year. Ooh. So the fans are like, it's a pretty good living in Columbia, Missouri. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's a great living. <laughs> well, that that's – I didn't realize he was at that – but it doesn't surprise me. It's the SEC, right? I mean, okay. One thing that concerns me, though. Okay. Okay, and Stan brought this up, too. They played maybe their best game last year at home against Georgia. Georgia, yeah. We forget about that. That's right. That one. That one catches your attention. 
It just does. But this is K-State. I understand. They're not going to you know, make the same mistakes that Georgia did in Columbia, Missouri. They're, they're, they're going to – it's not going to take them to the fourth quarter to w- go win a ball game and try to you know, climb from behind and, and, and keep their undefeated record alive. It's, K-State's not going to find them spots. The, the spot K-State's going to find them in, themselves in once again, is Drinkwitz is going to take those timeouts at the end of the game. They're going to try to sneak in a score before the end of the game instead of K-State winning by, you know, what was it, 34 points, it's 28 points. It's going to be one of those situations. I'll take it. If you can't tell, I'm pretty high on K-State in this game. (laughs) Although, I uh, I think K-State's a a five-and-a-half point favorite, according to Vegas. Is that right? I think so. Yeah, that's relatively high for a road team, is it not? I don't know. Yeah. I think think K-State last year was like a nine- or ten-point favorite hanging into the Mizzou game. But I just think overall, you know, and watching K-State's defense, you know, play these last couple of games – you know, I, I, I like K-State's chances of winning the line of scrimmage, keeping Mizzou one-dimensional. I think they will do a good job of that. They're going to make Brady Cook throw it. And he is due for some mistakes. He's played, played pretty much clean football so far. He's going to make some mistakes in this game. It's about how does K-State respond. And you know, do they make Mizzou pay and be consistent? You know, I think that's maybe your key. Well, I think that's what K-State football tries to be, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they want to run the ball but have balance. They want to play really quality physical defense and minimize the mistakes. And so far, for the most part, there have been a couple of interceptions, but for the most part, they've done that. I want to I want to see them run the ball a little more consistently this this coming Saturday than they did this last weekend. Yeah, I mean, you know, is Christian Duffy back? Not sure. You know, Carver Willis had his struggles. You saw more Cooper Beebe out at right tackle. Right. And when he's at right tackle, you know, it is a little bit harder to run the football. It really is because, I mean, Coop is such a strong force in running the football. Um, so that changes things up a little bit, but... Also, Mizzou's pass defense hasn't been too great so far. And, and Will Howard, as long as he plays mistake-free, makes the best decisions, he's going to get some yards. Well, he's playing very confidently right yeah. now. There's no doubt about that. And when you look at his overall production and touchdowns accounted for through two weeks, <laughs> he's one of the better players in the country so far. He's, yeah. done, he's done a pretty nice job. K-State in their post-game wrap had the uh, interesting nugget here about Will Howard. Consecutive regular season games in which Will Howard has thrown multiple touchdowns is now at seven. Touchdown passes are now at seven consecutive games of multiple touchdown throws in the regular season. It's the longest streak since Josh Freeman yeah. in 07-08. Seven straight and eight of nine, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Yeah. All right, uh, let's see. Uh, AJ, just get us out when we need to get out. Is that all right? Say that one more time, man. Troy will let you know what that means. All right. That's just what I say. It's my thing. <laughs> you get us out when we need to get out. He'll, he'll, uh, he'll translate for you uh, as soon as he checks his tweets. <laughs> uh, coming up this uh, this weekend, not the biggest marquee games in the Big 12 this week. As I scroll through the list, really, I mean, the, honestly, the first one that jumps out to me is TC Houston because it's the start yeah. of the Big 12 play. Yeah, for sure. And both teams are 1-1. One one. Yeah, I think that one catches your attention, and I like the matchup with Pittsburgh at West Virginia. That, that's well, that a, too. I forgot about that That one. is that's... always a uh, – those two Backyard teams – Oh, yeah, they don't oh, yeah. like each other very much, and uh, – that should that should be a fun ball game, um, I, I and I think K State Missouri is probably right there too, right? 
because this isn't necessarily, I mean, Baylor's playing all Long Island. I don't know anything about Long Island <laughs> uh, as so an example. I know, here's what I know about Long Island. I know that they play in the NEC, yeah. Northeastern Conference. And this is the first for me. I don't think I've ever seen another program that has this particular mascot. And especially for Long Island. I don't know if they're really known up in that area. Sharks. They're the Long Island Sharks. That is interesting. And they're not a minor league baseball team. This is a college football <laughs> team that's going to play in Waco, Texas. And they're 0-2. They're terrible. Uh, Wamigo, or, well, Bay, I don't know why I said Wamigo. Baylor is going to win their first game uh, this year by taking down Long Island. All right, we got to get out of here. For A.J. Shaw, Wyatt Thompson, I'm Mitch Fortner. Go Cats. Go Cats.